You are valuable. You do have purpose. You are not what they said you were. Prosperity will find you. You are successful. You are beautiful. Your past does not define you. The moment you decide to look outside of yourself for value is the moment you give your rights away to be authentically you. Your value is not in what your mother thinks of you, what your father thinks of you, what your family and friends think of you. Your value is what you think of yourself. That is the secret to authentically loving and being you. Welcome to Soul Food with Sadie. It's time to feed your soul, uplifting others through inspiration, motivation, and edifying the soul so we can be the best version of ourselves. Here's your host, Sadie Evans. Thank you all for tuning in to Soul Food with Sadie. I hope that you are doing well. Today, my guest is Chris Templeton, the founder of All the Stories We Tell. He is an amazing guy, very educated. And today he's going to set the fire again on season two over limited beliefs. How are you, Chris? I'm well. Thank you for having me, Sadie. I totally appreciate being here. Yes, I'm thankful and honored that you're on the show. Can you tell us who you are? My name's Chris Templeton, and I'm the founder of Oh, The Stories We Tell. You can find my website at ohthestorieswetell.com and also on YouTube. If you search for Oh, The Stories We Tell, um, you will find a little uh, thought bubble with Oh, The Stories We Tell. So anyway, I am just a regular guy. I'm not a therapist. I'm not educated in psychology in any major way, but... What I am is a guy who wants to make common sense out of what goes on in my head and what's going on in other people's heads. And uh, 2003, I read a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Familiar with it? Yes, love it. <laughs> what did you love about it? I loved how it took me out of obstacles that I was going through in my life, and it really helped me with mindfulness. I can remember a time and it sounds bizarre, but I literally was going through a lot. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get in the shower and I'm going to take myself out of this thought. And this might sound really bizarre, but I began to like, I feel like I was levitating. It was just that good of a feeling where I was out of my mind. Nothing was on my mind. No thing. Yes, exactly. That and the other thing that really hit me was right toward the beginning of the book, he says something along the lines of, we are all incredibly good at driving ourselves insane. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? Driving ourselves insane? <laughs> not me. I'm not doing that. Um, and so anyway, what I really started to recognize was, oh my gosh, it is me driving myself insane about my behavior, about friends, family, whatever the case may be. And so it really got me. And I think a little later in the book, he talks stories comes up. And so the kind of the first part of this model was the question, what's the story I'm telling? Mm -hmm. And there's something about story that when we 
look at our thinking about what's going on within us, around us, with our relationships, if we look at our thinking as stories, mm -hmm. the super, super cool thing about that is that it means that they're changeable. They're not fixed. And so there's so much of the way we think, we have this tendency to take our thinking as fact and, <laughs> and it's not. And so basically what happened is over, that was in 2003, so it's been 18 years and um, I've developed three questions. And if you were to take a, a piece of paper and turn it sideways, so it's in landscape orientation, the first question on the upper left would be, what's the story I'm telling? In the middle left would be on the left side, but halfway down the page. The second question would be, is it serving me in this moment, in this moment, in this moment, in this moment, so important. And then the third question on the bottom left corner would be, is there a more authentic story I can tell? And so if you go back to the second question, what's the story I'm telling in this moment, you can draw a line, a horizontal line. And if you think about it, if thinking doesn't serve you above the line, we say, no, it doesn't. So all my thinking that doesn't serve me, I say, is above this line. Mm. Oh, by the way, if you go to othestoriesweetell.com, you can see the model in its entirety, and we won't get into the full model but in this, but, but you'll have a, sen a better sense of what I'm talking about. Above the line, thinking that doesn't serve me. Below the line, thinking that does serve me. Yeah. And so what really hit me was, oh my, I have so much opportunity to change how I am in the world, how I am with others in the world. And, and I got to tell you, Sadie, it, I've been practicing this probably for 15 years ish. It's changed how I parent, wow. how I am in my marriage, how I am with my friends, because what I recognize is that, and the thing that's cool about this model is it's instructive, right? It's prescriptive. I recognize right out the gate that where I want to live is below that line. Mm -hmm. I want to live in the, in the thinking and the stories that serve me. And so basically that's what I've been doing. And what the one question that we don't ask really is, Hey Sadie, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about what, because if you think about, think about the number of people that you interact with who say things like, <clears throat> and I was so angry at him, that was it, mm -hmm. okay? We have a tendency to take emotion as fact and then stop, like, <laughs> and, and so, you know, we're angry at somebody and, and, and that's that, and that it shouldn't be it. Then the question becomes, gee, what's the story I'm telling about this situation? What's my role in that story? And what can I do to get myself below the line into thinking that serves me? And guess what? When I do that, when I start staying below the line, mm -hmm. guess what? People follow me down below the line too. Wow. And so the opposite of that, one last example, is my kid is upset with me and he's reading me the riot act. Dad, I can't believe it. Blah, 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 Now, most of us would say, well, you know, my son made me really angry, so I told him what was what. 
translation. I went above, the, I joined my son above the line. We had a yelling match and now he's, instead of dealing with the issue at hand, now he's just mad at dad because dad behaved just as badly as, as he did. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> if I stay below the line and I let my boy come at me and really let him kind of spill it, get out of his head by just being able to express how he feels, then, and I'm not responding in kind, then I get to stay below the line. He gets to come below the line gradually and we get to real solutions. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the model in a nutshell. So de-escalation is what that sounds like to me. The fact that you stay be below that line, it helps you guys really communicate on a level and operate out of a place of empathy. So now I'm empathizing about how you feel. And now we able to come up with a solution. Because if I go from zero to 100 really quick, then you're going to go. Now we just yelling. There's no solution being found. And now we just angry at each other. And now we pointing fingers at each other and having this blame game. And then I go to bed feeling guilty. Absolutely. And nobody and nobody feels good about it. Right. Yeah. One of the things that, that I do in this in above and below the line is I'll put words above the line problem orientation below the line solution orientation yeah. like we really when we're below the line we get to solve the problem and it's not to say that we shouldn't go above we should never go above the line because that's crap that's we're always going to go above the line but the question yes. becomes how far am I going to go above the line? Mm -hmm. Am I going to join somebody or am I going to stay a little bit closer to the line than they are and help them to come down? Like I all of a sudden have this picture in my head of what the best way forward is. And mm -hmm. it's not right. It, and it doesn't negate any, it doesn't negate therapy, religion, anything. It, it, this is just a common sense way for me to go, Oh my God, where am I? Is this story serving me in this moment? Because it might have served me a long time ago as a kid growing up with mom and dad being, you know, verbally abusive or whatever the case may be. But now that behavior, that that trigger that mm -hmm. gets me to behave that way doesn't serve me in this moment. Mm -hmm. And so then what's more authentic? And everybody knows what's more authentic, don't they? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. Thank you for that. And that does a lot of things go back to the beliefs in the way we was conditioned, verbally abusive parents. And because our beliefs are really, they, we develop beliefs based on people that we trust, you know? So that is very true. How did you get to where you are today? Like, how did you get to this place where you was like, I wanna do things different. I wanna be able to talk to my, how did you get to this place where you was even able to develop this pyramid? Um, My, I was one of the kids that was always picked last on, in PE. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and so I, I think it was the kind of thing that I started to just be curious about why people were behaving the way they were. Um, I, you know, in middle school, why did the boys love to pull the girl's hair? You know, all of those little things. And then just wanting to be better, right? I mean, that's... And... and and to have a more fulfilling life. You know, one of the things that's so critical about this model is, you know, when people are looking for finding happiness or trying to be enlightened, mm -hmm. most of that thinking happens above the line. 
it doesn't seem like it. It's, it's all this talk about, well, just think positively. That is so destructive to getting where you want to be as opposed to, I'm going to think authentically. I'm going to, I'm not going to pretend that the bad stuff didn't exist, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a way to frame it up that it serves me now. And so I want authentic thinking way, and, and the result ends up being really positive, right? For the most part, I'm below that line. There's meaning in my life. When I'm below the line, I'm not asking what the meaning of life is. It's the stuff that I struggle with that gets us to say, well, oh my God, what am I doing here? Why is this so hard? And when we recognize, like when we recognize that so much of our world is a function of the story that we're telling about what's going on with it and we don't recognize it. The minute we start to recognize it, boy, do things change. So that's kind of how I got there and, and why it's been um, as powerful for me as it has. Cause it's not, you know, it's not woo woo. It's not just do the right thing. It's none of that. It, mm -hmm. It's a way to operate in the world that accepts that I'm going to go above the line and people are going to go above the line. And I now see my role in having influence in that. Yes, yes, yes. Authentic thinking. I've never thought about it like that. I actually am a person that say faith it till you make it. So basically pour in all these positive thoughts, but that is amazing because it, it keeps you grounded and it also helps you strive for better out of life and helps you become the better version of yourself. Absolutely. And, and can I just share two quick concepts with you? Yes. The first one is there's a guy named um, Viktor Frankl who was in the yes. concentration camps. Oh, you know him? Yes. Psychology was my concentration, so. I'll be. Very yeah. cool. Oh, very cool. So maybe you know this quote, between stimulus and response, there is a space. Mm -hmm. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and freedom. I'm just going to read it one more time. Between stimulus and response, there's a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. We all want to grow. Like it's our natural thing that we want to do. But think about it. If if you put your hands together and one, the left hand is stimulus and the right hand is response, if we're above the line, typically there's no space. I am operating by default when I'm above the line thinking. And so asking the question, what's the story I'm telling, stops you, creates a little more space. Then is this serving me in the moment? Well, wait a minute. Is it serving me in the moment? And then is there a more authentic story I can tell? Oh my God, now I've created all this space that allows me to look at what my stories are, how they're impacting me and the people around me and change them. Yeah. So that's, I, I love this idea of creating space for the, for between stimulus and response. And then the other concept that I came up with, it's nothing new. It's what people typically refer to as the ego. I call the protector and the protector yeah. is above the line and very negative in thought. You know, I don't know, we should be doing better. 
I can't believe you did that. Oh, can you believe so-and-so? Like all that icky stuff up there, if you attribute that to this little protector that's barking at you all the time, mm -hmm. you need to do better. Oh, this is awful. You know, those, if we look at that little part of us as really doing what we call them, trying his best to protect us, all of a sudden we begin to recognize <laughs> that eh, maybe the protector doesn't have it all right. And so the way that we bring that thinking back into thinking that serves us is we, again, we go to a more authentic story. Hey, dude, uh, you know, I know you're really worried about this, but let's look at the full picture because the protector does not like to look at the full picture. The mm. protector is there to to make sure that you're safe and he's going to help you procrastinate and help you put things off and not do things the way that you really should do them yes. because he's trying to protect you. When we yeah. start looking at that differently and talking that guy down, hey dude, you can relax, I got this. Yes. That also makes a huge difference in how we move in the world. I always look at the ego as something or a part of me that's causing too much pressure yep. on myself, yep. which ultimately causes me to become anxious become depressed, feel unworthy. So we have to really, that's where the yeah. mindset, literally, you have to shift your mindset to not listen to that ego sometimes. So much of what you hear in, in terms of self-development and self-help is, oh, you've got to overcome the ego. Yeah. You've got to battle with the ego. And that is the... <laughs> That's the catch 22, isn't it? That's, mm -hmm. that's the protector saying, well, you've got it. You can't put up with this. You've got, it. but he's the yeah. one that's saying it. And the more that we, you know, buy into that, the more powerful he becomes. And when I say, you know what, I'm going to have a conversation with you about what you're thinking. And I'm going to see if I can balance it out. All he needs is to be talked down a bit and to go, oh, you've got this, you've thought this through. And so, you know, from my perspective, if we make the ego the enemy, the ego wins. If we make mm -hmm. the protector somebody that's there to help us, a lot misguided, though, like you said, you know, feeling uh, disempowered and, uh, you know, like a victim, that's what he generates. But when you talk that down to an authentic story, as long as he knows that, that you've got this, but go back to positive thinking, well, I'm just going to say this and say, you know, I'm just going to say positive stuff. And he's like, oh, but I don't believe that. You can kind of see the how we get stuck up there unwittingly. I want to know where there are limits and beliefs that stood in your way when you were on the journey of to becoming who you are there, today. There still are. And that's, you know, I mean, I don't want, I don't want to portray myself as this Oh my God, everything's great. Things are greater for me than for a lot of people. I don't have any question of that, but I still struggle with stuff. But it, but in terms of what made things so much better for me was having that space mm -hmm. and listening to what was going on and understanding other people's what other people's stories were. Right? Yes. The minute I can see that I'm in little me. What I oh above the line I call little me mode. I'm in little me land. And yeah. below the line, I call it authentic me. And so then I also see where when other people are probably in little me land, and I sure as hell don't go, oh, you're in little me land. What's your problem? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 
because I'm saying that from up in little me land too. If I, when I recognize the same behavior that I have, then I also become way more forgiving, way more understanding mm-hmm. of, and then I get to take that time, increase that space and be in a place where I can have the tough dis- discussions with my boy or my wife or a coworker. Just because you might be in little me land does not stop you from achieving a place of positive mind beliefs or authentic mind beliefs, authentic beliefs, authentic life, authentic, whatever authentic is to you, but authentically being the best version of yourself. Because all of us have been in a place of little me land. This one of the things I love about the model is is little me land. Like there is nobody that hears that and goes, "What in the world is that?" They're like, "Uh, yeah, I've been there before." <laughs> oh yeah, I've been there, done that. <laughs> Don't stay there. Do not stay. Yeah, there. that's the key, isn't it? Isn't the key, the whole point of the three questions? How do I help myself get down? How do I help the protector yeah. take a step down? and get me back to authenticity where I'm dealing with what the protector's trying to help me with. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the protector isn't screaming in your ear for no reason about something going wrong. It's just sometimes we empower him by fighting against him as opposed to when we're below the line, we're like, okay, so you're concerned about how much money we're making and how we're gonna pay the bill. Reasonable concern, let's see how, what are the things that we should be that we should be dealing with authentically to to manage that. And once the protectors step down, man, life is easier. So much easier because we don't yeah. we've given him a reason to, you know, we've dealt with his or her concerns. Yes, that goes back to that de-escalation because once you de-escalate, yes, you create a strategy. Did you exactly. ever think that the beliefs that the limited beliefs will hinder you from being who you are today? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? And I, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and the thing that that's so fascinating to me is when we look at beliefs, all beliefs are are repeated thoughts about how we should view something, right? And yes. like like you mentioned earlier, you know, if we grew up in a situation that was uncomfortable, mom and dad were you know not wealthy and not having tons of money, or they were abused some. Um, those generate our beliefs, but we know, we always know whether that's really who we should be. I, I think of people that are physically abusive. You know, physically abusive people grew up with it 99 out of 100 times, mm-hmm. and um, but they also know not to do it out in public, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, there is something there. We all know that that's not right, and there's this place way down below the line where I, in Christianity, what do we say? This little light of mine? Yes. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Mm-hmm. Well, that's always there, way down below the line. Mm-hmm. And all, all the protector is, is, in a lot of cases, is just the dark switch, right? It's like when the protector's active, you've got that dark cloud hanging over you. Mm-hmm. And when he's not active, I I tap into that that light where I recognize what is authentic to me. And, you know, and some things are going to be a whole lot harder to change than other, aren't they? Yeah, they, they truly are. And that leads to my next question. What does mind transformation mean to you? I, I think it means 
I think it means a recognition that we have way more agency to change our life than we recognize and mm -hmm. to influence both ourselves and the people around us. Look, when we are, when we live below the line for the most part, people come down and join you. Like that's yes. the other thing that's so fascinating to me. You know, we, uh, I think about what good leadership looks like, whether it's in a family or in at work, what I'm doing is I'm creating a space where people wanna be, everybody wants to be below the line. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to live in, in an authentic way. And as a leader, whether it's as a dad or a manager, my goal is to create an environment where people are comfortable being authentic, which means positive and negative behavior, right? Mm -hmm. You know, being able to, to tell, a, well, I had a, a podcast I was on recently and the uh, son called his dad and said, I missed the bus. And, you know, the initial reaction is, Oh my God, my son. And then I walked in the door and the dishes weren't done. And now I'm, when I'm, the protector is building the case against yeah, the son, the right? Case. Yeah. Right. And, and so I said to the guy, I said, you know, isn't it awesome that you created a space where your son felt comfortable with calling you to tell you what was going on? Like that is huge, huge. And we walk right by it. Yes. so often oh my god my kid i can't believe and and so you know being able to look at the whole picture because really that's what it is isn't it an authentic story is just a, a full picture right yes. what are you smiling about i can feel it because you just helping me because i'm that mom that my child will call that and i'm like how'd you miss the bus oh you know what you're gonna just walk even though i go and get them yep. I, I take it there I take and it think of, and, and everybody does that. There's no parent at one time or another that hasn't just lost it with their kids. And, and a lot of times, rightfully so. I, I had a situation where my oldest daughter was swearing at my wife in her late teens and I was hopping mad. I was in little me mode and I knew it and I was comfortable being there. I, I at some level I was, and at some level I wasn't like I was literally hopping it up and down saying you've got three choices and you need to figure this out mm -hmm. but it was also authentic it wasn't it was it, you know one of the things i think that's so interesting we were talking about this my wife and i the other day is above the line we're judgmental below the line we're just stating fact mm. right you know you're behaving in a way that does not work for me that is a yeah. fact that's a yeah, fact yeah. that's okay i'm figuring out what i can do to change that but, you know, so anyway, with, with, you know, our kids, when we recognize that if I'm just yelling at them, now the protector for the kid and your protector are like going head to head, button heads, and you're strengthening exactly the behavior you don't want to. Because now he's like, oh, yeah, let me show you what I'm going to do, mom. I'm probably going to miss the bus again this week. And I don't care how mad you get because that I, I'm, I'm so much more focused on being right than I am about doing the right thing. Mm. Now think of the opposite, dude. I love dude. Dude just brings it down a notch, doesn't it? <laughs> and whatever your dude is, figure out what your word is. That's yeah. like that, dude, what were you thinking? I'm so bugged that you missed the bus. What can we do together? To, to keep this from happening on a regular basis. Oh, oh my God, guess what? 
there's nothing for him to fight against mm-hmm. is there and when we don't give them a place to resist now we're back to solution mode yeah okay well, how do we figure this out you can be a part of this and it's okay so you know but we have this the protector has a story that uh, what's the saying uh, people say um well you know i'm your parent i just know better than you yeah well I'm and, grown, and you're a child you know say that again i'm grown you're a child you must yeah, exactly and, and and man what a great way to discount that kid and 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 to make ourselves feel better right like i <laughs> when i'm saying know. that i'm kind of puffing up where when i'm below the line i'm like dude let's figure this out like let's have a conversation let's and 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 for me the the biggest reward has been that my kids are willing to come and talk to me about tough stuff yeah i'm really mad at you dad i'm really frustrated with what's going on i've got this situation i don't know how to handle Mm. and that is absolutely a function of being as much below the line as I've been capable of, as I I, I have been, which isn't a hundred percent, isn't perfect, but mm-hmm. man, and when we think about from a parenting standpoint, mm-hmm. if I could just live with my kid more and more, and and our oldest daughter was no joyride, and we, I mean, she was fighting everything left and right, and you know, still being able to kind of have that bigger picture, of the long longer term. Mm-hmm. goal in mind helped us to stay below the line and now she's 30 something with uh three kids and a fourth on the way and has really figured some great stuff out and i just am so grateful that we didn't you know we didn't just braid her and say you know i can't believe you're doing this this way mm, you gave wouldn't, her a choice wouldn't serve her and wouldn't serve us yes that is that's good that is so good and that doesn't only have to pertain to parenting so as you said whatever it is that maybe you arguing with your spouse every day maybe you and your mother arguing or your friends and sometimes we have to do an inventory of ourselves we got to check ourselves are we going above the line or are we stand below the line and giving people space to create a strategy so that you guys can stop all the arguing and fighting and going against each other because no way we want to strengthen the muscle that's going to cause us to fight against each other but it's just because we don't we haven't thought about it this way and we've and it's and we've gotten stuck with emotion being fact instead of saying hey wait a minute why am i feeling this way and is this serving me right all of a sudden it, it, it just changes so dramatically not like it's not like I'm walking around, oh, I'm enlightened, but it just makes life so much more palatable, so much more. I mean, I really think if you can figure out a way to incorporate this model and these three questions, mm-hmm. the question of what's the meaning of life just goes down the drain. It's about mm-hmm. connection. It's about being with people in a way that's genuine. Yes, yes, yes. Why do you think mindset is so important when it comes to facing obstacles in life? Because if you've got a mindset, if you're below, in, in my model, if you're below the line, mm-hmm. um, I, I see those obstacles as not opportunities, right? Because that's, oh, just obstacle, obstacles are, are opportunities. I think they are, but it's that getting to that place where I'm like, Ugh, yes. this, this is scary to me. This, I don't know. How I'm going to figure this out. Like even, you know, uh, 
perfect example. I had to learn some video editing software a, a few months ago. And all I said to myself was this, this really feels overwhelming to me. And I would actually write it because I think it's, it helps us to kind of get back to that little light of ours. Mm -hmm. This is really overwhelming to me, but I know that I've figured stuff out like this before and that it's just a learning process. And so think about it. When you are that initial fright and, oh, I've got to learn this. How am I going to, that's the protector going, trying to protect you. Oh my God, you got a big one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should just put this off for a little while and, 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 and distract ourselves with something else. Right. You know, I mean, that's kind of the, how the protector works. When I say, you know, I don't know why this is, I don't know how this is going to be, how I'm going to get to a place where I'm proficient with this but I know I can do it. And I know that what I'm going to do is when I start to get cranky, I'm going to get up and walk away and just take a break with it. And then I'll come back in 10 minutes or half an hour and I'll let whatever that problem is roll around. And when I come back, I'll bet I'll have the answer. And I was shocked. I mean, it was, it was kind of mind blowing, like how proficient I am with that software now. And it was just by telling myself that little story. You know what? I'm going to figure this out. It's all good. It's not going to be a big issue. Yes, and that that helps you. I actually do that when it comes to writing. Is I have to when I'm feeling overwhelmed or feeling that protector is like revving up. I have to write, and when I write, it helps me come up with strategies in order to fix that issue that I'm facing. Remember how I was saying, you know, that that way down below the line is that that light, of, that little light of mine. And if you you know were to go outside of that, that's God or infinite intelligence or the universe, whatever you yeah. want to call it. <clears throat> but that is coming into that little little light. And so, as far as writing, man, it is it's like the expressway to that light. There's something about when we write, mm -hmm. and my, my recommendation is when you write, especially if you're trying to figure out a problem, don't think that you have to do it right. Write it, whatever comes out, you can't get it wrong. And what happens is for some reason, because we're slowing our thought processes down, you know, when you think of thoughts racing, that's just a protector just barraging you with, oh my God, this and that and them. And for some reason, writing, just helps mm -hmm. to bring the protector down and opens up that little light that to that infinite intelligence of oh yes there's my solution yes the aha moment so you're right on the money with the writing thing boy oh boy yeah. i'm i'm a big fan of that can you give me three ways that you shifted your mindset to achieve this this place of healing and success yeah so the first one is the questions just practicing the questions. What's the story I'm telling? Is it serving me in this moment? And is there a more authentic story I can tell? And of course, you know, at some point it, they get, you get to the point like, you're just like, oh, what's a more authentic story I can tell? Because you just recognize the answers to the first two questions. Yeah. So that's first. Secondly, is not looking at emotions as fact. When we stop looking, when we look at emotions as an indicator of where we are and then as the beginning of a process of whatever I need to do to clean up where I'm at, that's really huge, really, really huge. And, and then the third thing is appreciation. Um, a lot of people talk about forgiveness and I'm not, uh, I'm totally fine with forgiveness, but um, I think 
appreciation or, or the other one. No, no, I'm sorry. Not forgiveness. Gratitude. Mm. Just be grateful. Well, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff I have, I have no idea how to be grateful for. Mm. But I have a good idea of how to appreciate it. And the thing that I like about appreciation is I can take a tough situation growing up. When I appreciate it, I'm not condoning it. Like if mom and dad were really rough on me, I'm not condoning that. But I'm looking at it and saying, you know, number one, oh, mom and dad lived in Little Me Land a lot with me. And that mm -hmm. was no fun. And I don't want to repeat that. So appreciation is really kind of the process of, of moving us below the line where I can say, you know, I didn't like it. I'm really glad I don't repeat that behavior mm. because I've taken the time to be able to get below the line. So appreciation is, uh, to me, uh, one of the, the most important things we can learn to cultivate. Way more important than gratitude because I need, I need to be able to deal with the things that I really struggled with growing up or whatever the case may be. Uh, politically, whatever, I need to find a way to appreciate what's going on with the other side so that I can have a way to deal with it in a way that's not above the line, the protector judging and all that stuff. I mean, appreciation is just huge. It goes back to that authentic thinking that you stated. So the strategies that Chris would give you guys today is truly asking yourself this questions, the questions he gave at the beginning of the show, the questions that will help you get to this place of authentic thinking. Also, not looking at emotions as facts. Sometimes we can always move off of emotion. And as everyone knows that's listening, when we move off emotions, we usually make bad decisions. So no longer looking at those emotions as facts. Also, appreciation. I feel like what you were saying is that being able to have appreciation allows you to see the lesson in that so that you can change your behavior or that you can modify whatever it is that you need to modify pertaining to that situation. You are exactly on the money. That is exactly right. Yes. So if someone is listening to this and they're at a standstill in their life due to these limited beliefs, what would you say to encourage them to press forward? So I was going to say, could I add a fourth one? So this will be the fourth oh, one. Go ahead. Qu quit beating yourself up. Quit beating yourself up about where you are. Take the time to understand that, that there's that part of you that really is trying its very best and it just doesn't know how to protect you. And have a conversation with that aspect of yourself. And, and recognize that you're not alone. This is universal behavior in every single person on the planet, including Jesus, right? Jesus, he, he, he could get angry, couldn't he? Yeah. In the, in the what is it, in the, the mall of the church and turning oh, up yeah, all, the, yeah. all the vendors' tables. Like, understand that what I'm saying to you is, is not this. I'm not saying never go above the line. What I'm saying is understand, take the time to appreciate why you're above the line in Little Me Land and give yourself the ability to create and open up that space so that you're not living by default. Give yourself a chance to authentically be you and not always live in this fairy tale bubble. Something that really makes me question individuals sometimes because we're human and that's what we do is when someone is always so 
bubbly. It makes me think, <laughs> is, do you ever give yourself a chance to come back to reality, to work through this unresolved trauma, to work through this stuff? You know, so I'm a person that say faith it till you make it. But I give myself a chance to deal with that emotion. Yeah. And it makes me question when someone does not do that. I question their mental health, you know? Absolutely. And 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 think about it. I, you know, I, I see it with friends on Facebook all the time. I, I know people that are very depressed and they're always, oh, you know, here's a, po oh, that's the sweetest thing. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and, and, and you know that beneath that veneer, it is so much angst and and so you know a lot of what uh, in the in the model you'll see that it's actually a v-shaped where <clears throat> there's positive and negative emotions on both sides above and below the line right there's negative emotion below the line it's just not as strong or as powerful because i'm in a better and more solution-oriented place mm. um, but people that live above the line positive are those people that are on Facebook, everything's wonderful, or always on Instagram, the perfect picture. And, and you know, that's just not who we are. It's okay for us to be messy. It's unrealistic. It's unrealistic, and it doesn't serve you. And I guarantee you, I know people who are, oh, hi, how are you? It's so good to see you. How have you been? And, you know, that I also know people that that behave that way and then are good at throwing a phone against the wall and really, you know, it just, it, it's it's covering it up. It's kind of, I, I want to figure out a better way for fake it till you make it. Because fake it till you make it, I don't think that's what you mean. In my mind, fake it till you make it is that I'm just going to pretend everything's okay. And I think what what you're saying more of is, I know that I'm not there, but I know I can move in that direction. And I'm going to do the things that I think serve me to move in that direction. To me, that's more what you're saying than what fake to make until you make it is literally. You would yes, and, I say so, faith. Huh, faith. Say again. I say faith. F A I T H. Faith it. Yes. Yeah. Faith. I love that. Yes. So much faith it until you make it. it. Yeah. I want to faith it. I want to have faith that I'm going to create those strategies and I'm going to put my body into motion and I'm going to create the action plan to be able to make it to that place. Yes. So I say faith it. Faith it. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to use that. Is that okay? Faith yes. it until you make it. I love that. I love that. It's the same thing I was saying about the, you know, learning that piece of software. Yeah, I know that this is I'm going to get through this and I'm going to get on the other end. And just by saying that, you're so much more open to it, aren't you? Yeah. When you're faithing it until you make it, you're way more solution oriented than oh, I'm going to fake it until I make it. Oh, yeah. my God, I hope I can figure this out. It just Absolutely. loads the protector's gun. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to be transparent about something because as I heard you speaking, I just felt like I needed to be. So um, this morning, I, cause I'm going through something right now and I was like, I'm going to cancel the show. And I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and email them and just reschedule. But because I, I sat with my emotions and I did not allow my emotions to be a fact, cause although I'm going through this situation, it's not something that's set in stone. You started off the show saying our story can be changed. So think about 
if I would have sat with that emotion and canceled the show and just rescheduled, I wouldn't even got the seeds that you planted, not just within the listeners, but within me today. So I'm thankful that you just confirmed everything that I already was thinking. I already was thinking like, no, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Because the way that I'm feeling is not something that I'm going to always be feeling. And if I cancel these shows, now I got to go back and try to fill these slots. And it would have caused a bad ripple effect. But because I was below the line and above the line and I allowed myself to be realistic and I allow myself to authentically think I'm here right now, showing up present, authentically being me doing this interview. And you're confirming everything that I needed to hear on today. And can I just say, first of all, congratulations, right? Feelings aren't facts, are they? I mean, feelings can change so quickly. I used to do a radio show and I could walk into the station just like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? I just am not feeling it. And then I get in front of the mic, have a person in front of me and interview them. And all of that stuff, we think that these emotions are facts of life and that we have a tendency to take those, the, the negative emotions and generalize them to the rest of our lives. And it's just not true. You can change your emotions. It takes practice. It takes understanding. But what you did from a place that was tough, below the line, mm. it's like, you know what? I think I'm going to push through this. Yeah. And so it's not that below the line, everything's easy. It's You can still have tough stuff, but you're in such a different place mm. in terms of being solution-oriented versus problem-oriented. So yeah. congratulations, and thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Yes, I just wanted to let you know how you planted a seed within me. And on Soul Food with Sadie, it's all about planting seeds. And I believe that the interview is what waters that seed so individuals can grow spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically to yep. become the very best version of themselves. So what seed would you leave with the listeners? Something that would inspire them to become the best version of themselves. The thing that I want people to walk away with is there's a path to a more meaningful, regardless of where you are, there's always going to there's always going to be growth. There's always a path to more meaning. And when you are feeling meaning, you're not chasing happiness, are you? Like when I've got meaning in my life, I'm not trying to find that happiness all manic. And and so there's a path. This what I bring to the table is one of many things. And whether you use oh the stories we tell or some other method. If you feel it's authentic to you, that's the that's the goal is to be more authentic and do it through appreciation, um, where you can say, oh, "I didn't like that," and I know that there's something there's some. As a friend of mine says, "Find the gift in it." In it. But mm -hmm. there's a path for you, and it's practice. That's the last thing. Please, please look at your life as practice. Yeah. That you're always going to be working to grow and so maybe your practice is i need to get out of little me land more often you can mm, yes so there's someone out here that's listening and what you stated today really resonated with them and it really helped them and they want to dive a little deeper into this ego and into this pyramid how can they connect with you so that they can dive deeper so um, there's a couple of things. Uh, oh, the stories we tell .com is uh, has on the front page the most current model. 
Um, and so that's one place to look. Uh, I am, I've been on Facebook for the, for the last month in a number of groups, just answering questions that people have in general, not specific to the stories we tell, but then applying it. And so I'm going to start posting those at, Oh, the stories we tell, uh, on Facebook. The same with Instagram is at, Oh, the stories we tell. And then on YouTube, I don't have a, uh, forward slash stories we tell yet, but if you would, Oh, if you would go to YouTube, search for other stories, we'll tell you'll see a little thought bubble in blue with orangish writing that says other stories we tell. That's my channel. Please go to that and like it. And then my favorite piece on there so far is called, uh, there's a playlist called the honesty project. And it's me and a friend who, uh, she had a very rough upbringing and has gracefully come to me after I shared the model about seven years ago with her a, a couple of years ago, right? Actually, right before COVID started, she said, Hey, could we do something? What if you just interviewed me and I brought up an issue and we just talked it through, um, from the standpoint of the model. So that's the honesty mm -hmm. project with me and Melody and it's got everything. I mean, from parenting to dealing with difficult coworkers, um, and, and Mel is great about being honest and saying, hey, you know, I was just an employee and I really had this story going and I didn't like it. And being able to talk through that from the standpoint of the model. So, OtherStoriesWeTell.com, at OtherStoriesWeTell on Facebook and Instagram, and then search for Other Stories We Tell on YouTube. And uh, please like and, and comment. I, I want to connect with people um, and I'm happy to sit down and, and consult with people about anything from leadership in a business to parenting to, because it's all the same thing over and over again, isn't it? Sadie? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So those are the, those are the ways I would say. What I took from it is there's always a better path to a more meaningful life. There's always a way to de-escalate a situation. We don't always have to be in an uproar and, fighting against each other, or it's not, it's not a brag to be able to go from zero to a hundred. That's not a brag. The brag <laughs> is causing people to get on your level. And now you can create a solution so that you all can have a more meaningful life. Thank you so much. You were such a gem on the show. I'm honored to have you. Thank you for being a guest on Soul Food with Sadie. Sadie, you're awesome. Thank you for uh, the back and forth. It's it, love when it resonates with people and, uh, Super appreciative of it. Thank you all for listening to Soul Food with Sadie. As always, take the seeds that are for you and leave the rest for others. And make sure your cup is always so full that you spill onto others. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, email me at coach at sadiemayevans.com. Coach at sadiemayevans.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Soul Food with Sadie. I am thankful for health in my body, peace in my mind, ears to hear and eyes to see. I am thankful for hands to write, legs and feet to stand, and wisdom to understand the gems that were given unto me today. I am thankful that I can create a strategy that I can implement into my life. I am thankful I am divinely created for such a time as this. I will be thankful for the small things. Because the small things 
are only preparing me for the bigger things that are coming into my life.